everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents or as pilgrims. Remember from last week, our world, this world, uh, while God loves and cares for every square inch of it, is not our permanent home. We desire a future. We desire a heavenly city. We are residents, citizens of heaven. And with that in mind, Peter reminds us that God is the final judge of our actions, which is challenging to us because we also believe that we are not saved by our actions, but by the sacrifice of Jesus. So which is it? I don't, I don't actually personally know how to reconcile these words He will judge or reward you according to what you do with the mercy and free gift of grace that comes from God. But I trust that both are true. So maybe one way to find a synthesis is is to say, like, our, our actions really do matter, but we're not saved by them. And so... Uh, to, be, to fear God is not to be like, oh, no, God is going to smite me. To fear God is to say, oh, wow. God sits in a place of authority. And in some eternal sense, my actions matter. And Peter doesn't stop at fear God because he is judge. He goes on in verse 18 to say, fear God because... For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. And now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Fear God. Be awed by God. Have a reverence for the majesty of God because he is judge, but also he is your savior. He is your redeemer. The the specific nuance to this phrase, ransom, actually points us back to the Passover in Egypt, the idea that God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt when that lamb was sacrificed in each house and the blood was painted on the doorposts. There was a ransom that was paid for your souls, and it was paid at a great price. Uh, My my understanding is that the most valuable uh, resource in the world, like metal, is not gold or platinum, but it's something called antihydrogen. 
I really don't know anything about anti-hydrogen. So don't ask. <laughs> I just know that it is something, whatever is after trillion, what's after trillion? Like a thousand trillion dollars per ounce is anti-hydrogen. And the blood of Jesus, ounce for ounce, is worth infinitely more. And you know what something is worth to somebody based on what they pay for it. Like if you have a baseball card, it's only worth as much as somebody's willing to pay for it or what you're willing to pay for it. And so consider for a moment how much you are worth to God for him to shed the blood of his very own son. Ah, this is what the fear of God is all about. Wow, God would do that for me. Something interesting about the progression of the scriptures is that you guys know when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they're sent out of the garden, uh, and then God tells them two things, or does two things. First of all, he makes a promise. But you know what they're feeling after they realize they're naked. Do you remember? Shame. And what does God do? He kills an animal, takes the skin, and gives them clothes to cover their shame, at least physically. We already talked about the escape from Egypt. A lamb is killed. That, a household now, can be freed from their slavery. Later on in Leviticus, you have a goat being sent away to take away the guilt of an entire nation. So, couple, household, nation. Shame, salvation. Shame is covered, salvation is given, guilt is atoned for, guilt is sent away. Jesus comes. And he dies for the sins of the whole world. Not a nation, not a household, not a person. He is the spotless, perfect lamb with the most precious of all blood to cover our shame, to give us salvation from sin and death, and to remove our guilt. This is the story of what we call atonement. Let's keep going. Got a few minutes. Verse 21, through Christ you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins. It's a little different than ransomed. Ransomed is like rescue. Cleansed is actually being like purified, being washed. Uh, being, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters and love each other deeply with all your heart. Uh, two words there that are, I think, worth noting. Uh, but I guess, first of all, just a reminder that like love is the thing. We talk a lot in this church about loving like Jesus. We let Jesus define what love means for us. And at the heart of any like ethic or any way of life or any way of living is to love one another. But the two words here, sincere love and deep love, 
So the idea of sincere is basically not fake love. Uh, not love that is simply, you know, nice words or polite courtesies. Uh, it's like the antithesis of hypocrisy. So not love that manipulates or tries to put on a show, but love that is true. Uh, the word sincere comes into our English language through the word wax or not made with wax. So uh, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but growing up, my grandma had this bowl of fruit. Only it wasn't real fruit. It was made of wax. It was simply for show. And the funny thing about fake fruit is you have to dust it. So it would get dusty over time. And, you know, we were kids. We just played with it or whatever. We actually, you know, we'd stick it in our mouth and do whatever. But the, 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 uh, the insincere love is only good for show. It's not good for anything else. It's not going to actually help anybody. Uh, it's not going to change anybody. It's not worth much. So love people sincerely. Secondly, love people deeply. The Greek word here actually po points us toward a bigger idea of fervent love or enduring love. Uh, and, and it almost takes us to the metaphor of like increasing our capacity through training. So... I realized I woke up this morning with kind of a, you know, one of those twists in my back. And, he, I was, and I was telling somebody, you know, it's probably I just slept wrong. He's like, no, you were throwing a football with my son earlier this week. I was like, yeah, that is actually probably what, what happened. But more than that, I was changing a wheel bearing on our Subaru. And so has anyone ever done that? It is a pain in the neck. I should say, a pain in my back. Because there's, there's no space and you're trying to like remove this nut that holds everything together and has been like rusting for the last 10 years. And so even after you spray some PV blaster on it, you like, you're twerking and you're like putting everything you've got to try to get that thing to come loose. And so I, I'm, I have muscles here in my back that haven't been stretched or strengthened in that way for a long time. I know, you know, there are machines that you, I used to do that machine. The, is that the oblique machine? Yeah. Oh, that hurts. There was a time when I had those muscles in shape and you get muscles in shape by, well, using them. Yes. And if you're a weightlifter, looking at you, <laughs> you, you lift until you can't lift anymore. Like you get to, you find a weight that will make you hurt. And then you do that as much as you can until you can't do it anymore. And then you take a break. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, you go back and you do it again. And it, it's harder this time because you're worn out. I'm talking about love here. Don't forget. I'm serious. But something magical happens. Uh, if you go back to the gym two days or, th or three days later, you know what you can do? You can lift more weight and you can lift it longer because you've exercised your muscles. And so to have real deep, fervent, lasting, enduring love, you have to love with everything you've got. People that are hard to love as best you can and you're not going to do it perfectly. You're not going to do it for long. There are some people who you will be able to give a text to. 
And that's all you can muster. And there are some people you can give five minutes in the church lobby to, and there are some people you can give an hour to. But over time, if you continue to love with all you've got, your capacity will grow. And so we train our hearts. Uh Uh-oh. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Verse 23, your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Last week I quoted Viktor Frankl. This week I'm going to quote Vince Lombardi. How many of you guys know Vince Lombardi? Okay, more people knew Viktor Frankl, which is surprising to me. But uh, Vince Lombardi was the football coach of the Packers way back in the day, like during Super Bowl I and Super Bowl II, which they won. Uh, back in those days under Vince Lombardi. Many people would consider him the greatest coach in the NFL ever, but I suppose we could debate that. In any case, he was a winning coach, and somebody comes and asks him, what's your key to success? And he says three things, and they are not necessarily what you would expect, especially the third one. The first thing he says is fundamentals. Vince Lombardi is famous for every season starting with these words. This is a football. Start with the fundamentals. What is our fundamental? The good news about Jesus. And it is not simply that Jesus died for our sins and we receive salvation. That's true, uh, but that's not the whole truth. When you read the words of Jesus, he says, repent and believe for the kingdom of God has come near. So believe the good news. The kingdom of God coming near. The king has come near. The king has come to show us his ways, to bring his kingdom, to heal the sick, to envelop the lonely, to care for the poor, to set the captive free, to to stand with the vulnerable, to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, to die even if it means that for those who hate us. Number one, the fundamentals. Number two, he says, you want to win football games? Discipline. You got to be disciplined. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. So prepare your minds for action and self-control. Doing something that you might not choose to do over and over and over again if all you did was follow your heart. <laughs> the words of Peter is redirect the desires of your heart and do what Jesus did. Love like Jesus did. So number one, fundamentals. Number two, discipline. Number three, he says, my team has to care for each other. If we want to win, we cannot be in it for ourselves. We have to be in it for each other. Not just on the football, t- football field, but off, 
off the football field, on and off the football field. We have to actually care for each other. To love each other sincerely and deeply. To do it Jesus' way. And let me say, the temptation is to, when we have been shamed, to shame other people. The temptation is when we have been overpowered to try and overpower over other people. The temptation is to meet like a punch with a punch, to meet a put down with a put down, to, you know, if we feel ignored, go and gossip about the person behind their back. If we feel inferior, to put others down. I mean, it happens, doesn't it? Our default so often is to not follow the way of Jesus, but to use the strategies of Satan. So if people won't do what we think they should do, even if we are trying to get them to do something good and right, instead of showing them love, we do what? We shame them. We manipulate them. We do whatever we think is necessary to get them in or out or saving, or stopping, or continuing, whatever it is. But Peter says, get rid of all evil behavior, chapter 2. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Know that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Let's pray. So Jesus, enlarge our hearts. Shape us to be more like you, who, when insulted, responded with kindness. When attacked, laid down his life. When misunderstood, continued to speak truth in love and actually like claimed victory through death. <laughs> this is amazing, God. We are in awe of you. And so now as we worship, we make you the center. We take our attention off our like, selfish desires and bring our entire self to you. Help us to desire you. Amen. So guys, let's stand and let's worship. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.